This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 396, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 396. I am Josh Flanagan. I am here with Connor Kilpatrick. Uh, hello. The Snipolis. I'm and, sick. And Paul Montgomery. <clears throat> I... I'm so I'm so not used to being the the uninfirm one. I think it's summer. Right. It's summer six season. Yeah, I have a toddler too. None of this makes sense. iFanboy.com. <laughs> that makes some sense. Not a ton. Uh, it's about comic books, and we started it because that's what we like. We like comic books. We read them every week. We all read a bunch from our weekly stack, uh, and we pick the one of us is tasked with picking the one that they like best. They call that the pick of the week. A review goes up on the website on Wednesday, and then we come here and we talk about that book on this show along with other books from the week and some other stuff uh, that, we, that, we, that we toss in there at the end. Uh, it's an entertainment program is what I'm saying. Uh, before we get going, if you haven't read your books, there will be spoilers, so go back and read them before you listen to this if that is a thing that is important to you. And if it is not, Screw it, bro. Screw it. <laughs> Connor, you had the pick this week. Go ahead. I'm clarifying that I'm, I have really bad allergies today. I'm not sick because I just realized that sick would imply like I have con flu or something. But I actually made, made it through without that. I just have a really bad allergy attack right before the show. So that was fun. Uh, but what was really fun was actually reading comics this week, including Batman Superman number two, the pick of the week. Uh, I love the first issue. I love the second issue even more than the first issue. And in this one, we find, uh, well, at the end of the first issue, Batman Superman, after having met Cute in a little romantic comedy way in the park with a little misunderstanding, uh, got shuttled into Earth 2 by some unknown force whose name is uh, some weird thing called uh, K.O. the Trickster. And in this issue, they meet their Earth 2 counterparts. And I thought this issue was really impressive from a lot of standpoints. One of them is that Greg Pak uh, is a really good comic book writer. Like, he's a, he's a really veteran. Good. He's a veteran, and he's not a guy. He's like a huge name, but he's out there. You know, he's been out there. Uh, and I was talking to somebody about how good this book was, and they said, you know, I didn't. I sort of dismissed it because I'd put Greg Pak in the Hulk ghetto, but now I realize he's actually a really good writer, um, which is true. And yeah. Hulk I, ghetto I is a scary his, place. Uh, his two his two Nazi based uh, Marvel miniseries were the things that that convinced me about. Yes, that. he's great. Um, and I thought he handled this issue. Well. I loved the interactions with the two. Uh, with like Superman and Earth 2 Superman, Batman and Earth 2 Batman, uh, especially the Superman parts because he goes, he's sort of, this is the young, tough Superman with his T-shirt and jeans and the rolled up jeans and the boots and he's kind of angry. Not And he meets Earth 2 Superman is way more like the traditional Superman because he has his parents still in his life and uh, Earth 1 Superman. And there's been some controversy over whether it's Earth 1 or Earth Prime. I don't give a fuck, it's Earth 1. Uh He's, he didn't. He lost his parents much earlier, and I th- I love the scene where he's sort of, hear keyboards clattering away. <laughs> I love the scene where he sort of realizes that what he missed out by losing his parents so early, and how how he's different, and he gets really sort of upset about, it and feels feels shame at one point when he when he sort of embarrasses the Kents, and I loved that scene. That was a wonderful scene. I I uh, say that whole bit. It it made me uh, it made me take further issue with Man of Steel. Yeah, exactly. It, no, it literally did. I started thinking about it. I hadn't thought about it since we did our show, which is sort of right after, you know. And obviously, people feel very, feel very strongly about it. They're still talking about it. But I was like, they shouldn't have killed him. <laughs> I just, and I was like, I was like, you know what? I believe that that was a fundamental mistake, because the idea was always that because it, it's just it's somebody else's deal. It's right. Batman's deal that his parents were killed. It should be the opposite for Superman. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but the main thing I loved about this this issue was, and I wrote about it in the Pick of the Week review, was that 
it made me more, as this made you more angry at Man of Steel, this made me more angry at the New 52, which I wasn't angry about until the execution happened. I'm all for the reboot. Uh, but they didn't really introduce the characters as if it was a reboot for the most part. They tried to keep it like something still happened and it was very confusing. Whereas this feels very fresh and new and exciting in a way that a lot of the DC books didn't when the, when the reboot started. Uh, it really does feel like these characters are meeting. I, I read the review how, you know, I was reading comics when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, and I remember those books and how it felt to be reading as these characters met again for the first time. And this is how this book feels. And it's a feeling that didn't really come through in most of the other books. It feels like, yeah, these are Batman, Superman. We, we basically know who they are, but this is also, they're kind of new and they're kind of different. They're younger and... And here's the meeting, and it's interesting and exciting. And it's a, it's, it's a tone that's really hard to capture. But Pac gets it. He really does get it. And I wish this book had come out originally because it would have really helped to bolster the feeling of the new 52. But it didn't, so here we are. All right, but don't don't lie, though. This is I mean, this is all about search engine optimization. You're excited <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> You're thrilled about that. No, I liked... Um, I, I like that Catwoman and and Batman got married and they're and and they're happy and they attack each other and that's the relationship. Is, it's is it they hide yeah. they, they hide from each other in the Batcave and then they just attack each other. Um, a, a lot of Law and Orders happen that way. Um, <laughs> uh, and but uh, you know the thing for me is that I don't I I like. I like the art. I like the writing. I don't know. I, did we talk last time? Did we say maybe that it's maybe not the right matchup for Jay Lee? Um, because I think a story is as com- complex as this one with the different realities. Um, I don't know. I think it it needs something a little less severe. As this, um, because I, I got I got lost in a couple of different places. I'm um, thinking about that and whether I think that that's a, a that that's an effect of the art or of the writing or the combination. And yeah, and I don't and I don't know. And I just I thought maybe if did there you was get, a did more. Did you get lost between tracking who was who? Is that what it was? Definitely with Batman. You could tell from the document. Yeah. The see, I think I think that was part of the intention. Yeah, I can see that. Was that sure. these are two Batman? Um, you know, you got to sort of figure out who's who's who. Uh, which is part of the confusion of it. I mean, they're all confused too. So I think it comes through in the story a bit. I yeah, love I just, the art. I think it's perfect for the book. I have. I just. I just have mixed feelings. I mean, I. I, I think it's beautiful. Um, and I think there are a lot of sequences that are really impressive. Um, than the last issue. The yeah. Art is 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 noticeably stronger. When this is all Jay Lee, right? Yeah. Last issue, it was a mix. Um, it's the other way around, which is strange. Yeah, but, but I, like if you look, he really locked down the grids. Like I think that he focused more on storytelling. There yeah. wasn't big impressive panels of strange things. Like there, there's six panel grids and there's you know four panel horizontal grids, and I think that that helps. Um, and Jun Chung's coloring as well. Like, you really can't talk about the art without talking about her because uh, it's wonderful. I love the atmospheric quality of it. There's a weird. I was trying to describe it in the review, and I don't really have the the you know the language to properly to talk about it. But uh, there's a weird quality to J- Jay Lee's art where it's it's at once dreamlike, but also feels very re- very real and textured. It almost feels like uh, you ever been in Disneyland where they project like uh, um, image onto smoke when you're going through a ride. And so my parents so, don't love me enough to take so me. It, so it looks like it's real, but it's really sort of ethereal, and you can put your hand through it. That's what I feel like with Jay Lee's art. Like, it looks real. It looks like it's there, but if I reached out and touched it, my hand would sort of fade through it. 
Um, it's got a very interesting quality. It's it isn't weird that it's it's so ethereal, and then but then also there's it's so jagged and really sharp edged. Right. And there's oh there's there's really stark silhouettes. This is a really interesting week for silhouettes and comics too. We'll get to that later. But um, it's you know it's it's an interesting art style, and it's but I was just I found myself wondering how effective the book would be with a different art style and maybe it would be less effective and and obviously there's so many different ways to go but i was thinking about that and if you had a more standard art artist like sure you put jesus A's on this or something like that yeah okay would it i don't know if it would i don't know if it definitely wouldn't give you the same feeling it would feel like a completely yeah. different book and i think no no yeah it would noticeably change the story because there's a way you know if you, you had nicholas scott on here drawing them like I don't think it would have that same uh, s- intentional confusion, I suppose, that, that, that Connor's talking about, that, that ethereal thing that, that you, I can't think of a word for. But no, yeah, and if you, if you try – right, and if you try to imagine what the Batcave sequence with Catwoman attacking would, <laughs> would look like, um, it's not nearly as interesting um, with a, a house style or a more mainstream style, but um, so I just I go I go back and forth on. It. I think there there's some sequences where I was like, wow, this is this is really impressive. This is this is really working for me. And then there's some other ones where I just uh, I don't know. I, I I wish it was a little less shyly. I don't know. <laughs> a little less that. But overall, I I, enjoyed it. I think I came out of this with a couple of things. In that you know, like like I said last time we talked about this book, I was I was a big Jay Lee fan. I'm not as much now, but I sort of got into the groove of this one a little bit. I was definitely lost in a couple of places. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I also came out of the other side of this thinking that I was that Pac had really impressed me, just yeah. like, like Connor said. I mean, I, I was like, oh, this is like he he's got this shot where he kind of uh, I don't want to say he faded away from everything, but some of his Marvel work went away, and we haven't seen him very much. And so he had this shot to like step up and impress, and I think that he's. He's absolutely doing that, and you're you're showing his chops, and like he's a he's a really good guy. He's a cool guy. So I was really what's, exci- what's exciting about this is he seems to really do understand Superman. Yes, and he's going to be supposedly taking over Action Comics, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, but he really seems to get the character. I also get the differences between the characters. I mean, they're not the same Superman. Yeah. But but they're also still Superman. You know what I mean? Like there's a ver- there are sort of variations or gradations on Superman and. He gets that. It was a really elegantly written book, I thought. I'm also really this... ha- happy to spend more time with, with Jeans and Boots Superman. I, feel, yeah. I always feel like yeah. I get shortchanged on that, and yes. it's really interesting. Yeah. And that's, sort we... of like the, that's sort of like the Dick Grayson is Batman thing. Like, right. there's, I want more of that period. And um, really good Wonder Woman in this, really good Lois Lane. Um, that last page is really, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's good so stuff. I'm, so, I'm, so I'm excited for the full Superman or Action Comics run, I should say. It's one of should, those that, things should that really happen? Yeah. Like, like even if you didn't like love it, you can still really appreciate it and want more. And I think that's that's inter- interesting work is better than non-interesting work. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the themes I noticed this week in comics, or at least the ones I read, was there was a lot of dimension hopping. We had it in this issue. Yeah. Uh, and we had it in Hunger Number 1, which is the miniseries coming out of Age of Ultron – but also taking place in the Ultimate Universe because this is the miniseries where, as you might know from the title, Galactus goes from the Marvel Universe to the Ultimate Universe and written by Joshua Hale-Fiakov, who Josh has been raving about over on Ultimates, the Ultimates. I don't and know how I completely skipped over this. I think I I've just got, saw Hunger and thought Vampires, I don't want it, or Werewolves or something. I got a huge <laughs> kick out of this. Um, I love I love the mention hopping. I love when when they when you I love that whole idea of meeting alternate versions of characters and them meeting each other and things like that. But I like the idea of of a giant rift in space opening up, Galactus's hand opening, pulling it open like a shade, and then coming through and 
going, hmm, time to eat. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a big, fun, cosmic story. Who knows? This is, we, we talked about it at, during Comic-Con how uh, there's some big Ultimates, ultim, Ultimates and Marvel Universe crossover story coming, and it may or may not end the Ultimate Universe. We'll, we'll see if that happens or not. But Cataclysm, this, is that what I that think is? that's called? And this, right. this, this would probably be the uh, precursor to that. But uh, I, didn't get to, I haven't gotten a chance to read the Ultimates books yet, but if you enjoy those, I can't imagine you won't enjoy this because it's tons of fun, and it just Fialkov seems to really have a knack for that kind of you know, big cosmic goofy storytelling you know there's a giant man in purple comes through a rift in space and he wants to eat everything i guess upgrade it's weird yeah. to say that he has a, a really good take on galactus <laughs> like I, you know how, did you read how this ball? yeah i did oh, awesome how how um you know how how complex is is galactus he's just hungry all the time but <laughs> like the like I, I agree with you like I, I, the temperament is just really amusing it's just like he comes in and he's sort of just like he's amused by these things that are attacking him and then they become part of him and he gets this this you know ultimate universe upgrade and i it also like, like doesn't he absorb the galactus storm from ultimate universe and now it's like a it's like a super galactus super galactus yeah so he's so he and you know and uh He's like, this is so. This is interesting, and and now he sends them out, and I don't know. He gets to eat wirelessly. <laughs> I don't know exactly how that works, but it's it's kind of funny. And I like that it opens up with uh, what's his face with Rick, Rick Jones, um, wanting a hamburger. He just, he just wants a hamburger. Thematic, yeah. He's he's just really hungry, and he but he's he's got this mission, and I I don't know what where that thread is from. That's from Ultimate Spider-Man. He was turned into. Okay. Uh, that was a long time ago, back when the amazing uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends days. You know, when they were all living in the house, and he got turned into a cosmic force. Yeah, because you, do, you don't. I, I didn't know who it was in the beginning. They don't, you know, tell you who it is. It's that's speaking or thinking in the caption boxes. And I was like, oh, is this is this Nova or what's in a coma for a year? What's going on? And uh, oh, it's Rick Jones. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> and once so once you hear Rick Jones, like, kind of just roll with it because he's always up to something. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. And this is Leonard Kirk. This is uh, I haven't seen him since the yeah. Captain Britain and MI13, right? Yeah, it's good. It's a good looking book too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Josh. I think you'll enjoy this if you enjoy yeah, this stuff. I, you know what's on. funny is that the more that like to hear you guys talk about it and then think about what's going over on on over in the Ultimates, is I see this is I see Fialkov using traits that I uh, would have historically ascribed to somebody like Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. He seems to be really good at taking these characters, raising the stakes on them, and hmm. then, like having very sort of okay. simple, basic themes that go on throughout it. Like John's best stuff was always the simplest stuff. Like he can mm-hmm. take all those rings and go, "What if there are other colors?" And they're just that thing. This is really that's a, a similar, and it worked really well in sort of a superhero context. I think. I think my favorite part, uh, Paul, was the um, so in the middle of this battle. There's the. It's the the Kree are fighting the Chitari in their decade, you know, their centuries long battle, and and the Kree keep keep showing up, and the monitors going, listen, there's a there's a Galactus coming, let's team up, and the Chitari's like, fuck off, we're fighting, and then yeah. a few minutes later, no, seriously, uh, we're gonna die unless we team up, no, fuck off, we're gonna f- fight each other, and I just I love this sort of escalating, you know, sort of hysteria on the Kree side, like no, seriously, we need to team up or we're screwed, and the Chitari just not having wanting any part of it. I thought those great elements in this book. Yeah, it's just great. You know, Marvel Cosmic is there's it's so rich and there's so many things you can do with it. So um, excited for for more for more Galactus. We also had Young Avengers, which is they're literally dimension hopping in this story. So there's it was the third dimension hopping book that I read this week. Um, mm-hmm. Still, still super fun. Really, really is. Um, I, I, it's sort of like uh, sliders. Yes. Uh, 
not to go on the the the, the burger motif, but the, on the uh, the TV show sliders, and they're uh, <laughs> basically they're going from dimension to dimension, and in each one there's different things going on, and sometimes they're really really scary. And um, what what Gillen's been doing so well, and and, and also McKelvey uh, just visually is last time they did it with Instagram and just covering a long period of time with just a snapshot. Mm-hmm. And so they do this great thing where that this is going on for a while where they're just hopping between dimensions and going to these weird, strange territories. And um, they just throw you into a, a new, strange environment uh, every page, basically. And there's weird-looking monsters. Novar's growing a beard, and it's just gonna, he's going to let that go, you know, uh, for as long as it feels appropriate. Um, Loki being kind of adorable and fun. Uh, it's a great, it's a great book. I, I think I, I came through this and I, I, it's really when artists or I'm sorry, when writers are trying to be too clever, it can bother me. And, and I, I think that Gillen here is totally riding a line of not bothering me. It's really, it's impressive. Um, mm-hmm. it's impressive how this work doesn't bother me. No, uh, <laughs> no, but what I mean is if you look back at say the phonogram or the work that they did together. I can see the lines from that in this, but I see stronger creators than there were at that time. Like it's clearer, but a lot of those same ideas of, uh, I think the dimension hopping and the sort of the demon and the, just the strange, uh, not quite our world stuff going on. Uh, also like it's, it's almost impossible to know, to not notice that if you, if you follow like McKelvey on Twitter or something like he's absolutely in love with Miss America. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's, totally into drawing her and, and likes the character. And every time she shows up here, she's got like a whole gravitas that yeah. like makes you like makes those pages a little more exciting and all the other characters hold her in, in a kind of powerful reverence. And well, she also kicks them into other dimensions. Right. Now she's so irreverent. Uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's a super fun book. Uh, it's a, it's also, it's, it's, and I know what you mean about it. Like it's sort of writing that line, but it's, it's amazing that um, also it's, it's not just like, like pop culture references or, or, or lingo or anything like that. It's it, all, the, sometimes the, the way this, the, the script works is there's so many different, like, um, it's like a movie trailer. Like the, those, those, those lines that are, that have such impacts, like the one about, um, the laws of physics can, mm-hmm. you know, fuck off or whatever. I don't know what the line was, but you know, and it's just like built for a trailer, but they don't feel it doesn't. It doesn't feel overwrought. It it's, just. It's funny because I, I, I know about pop culture references or something, and they can sometimes be damning in the sense that they date something. But this doesn't quite yeah. do that. He's keeping it far enough away from that where it's not just here's a reference to a thing that everybody knows. Wink. It doesn't. Feel although, like other, other many people don't know Graham Parsons. It's true, but that's. I don't even know Graham Parsons well enough, <laughs> but I know that it's like more of a timeless sort of thing right yeah and it works better like that than something that's much more ethereal and that's what makes referencing there's a there's a fine line and it's intangible about referencing something and being clever and referencing something and just just cheating it it also helps that he's 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 picking some timeless stuff to reference uh johnny cash never not cool exactly uh no <laughs> beard looks really uncomfortable it just looks like it would be it would feel like brillo pad on your face it comes in thick yeah, because it's short, but it's still completely opaque. So is he good? Like, I like that they get. <laughs> I like that they they go they go into the uh, take on me universe in the end. Yeah, 
It was kind of interesting. It's, it's the, this is the perfect kind of book for these two guys to be, yeah. and we shouldn't discount Mike Dorton is doing um, a good portion of the, of the work, the background stuff. Um, it's a perfect it's, kind of book for them. And so, speaking of speaking of phonogram, I'm excited about um, the New Year's stuff with the after party story, and they're gonna have like guest artists. And yes, stuff. yes, the special, the Young Avengers special, where they're gonna have. And they basically the, they they pitched as sort of like it's it's the singles club, but you know with the the Marvel characters, and so it's gonna be you know the regular cast, and then. They're asking around for all the other young Marvel heroes. If they're all being murdered on them. Avengers Murder World or whatever. Trolls on the cover of. Uh, <laughs> I love troll. So this week, uh, Rocketeer Spirit crossover happened. I, don't, I forgot the subtitle of it because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, uh, it was the first issue of a mini. Pulp Friction. Pulp Friction is right. I uh, I, I really oh, really go ahead. Really enjoyed the uh, Spirit Batman crossover from a few years ago that Jeff Loeb and Don Cook did. Um, yes. But I, I thought, for some reason, I, in my head, I thought this would be another one shot, but it wasn't. So when it got to the end, I went, "What?" Um, <laughs> but I also just just literally saw the Rocketeer again for the first time in years, about yeah. four days ago. So I, I was really psyched for this because uh, I love that movie, and I thought I kept hearing the voices in my head from the movie. But uh, I really enjoyed this. This was fun. I didn't love it, love it like I was hoping to, but I did really enjoy it. I I think that the <laughs> subtitle "Pulp Friction" is the worst part about it. <laughs> that's, 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 I thought you were going to go. The oldest yeah. porn joke on earth. Um, <laughs> I I thought Paul Smith was fantastic. Yes, I really liked that style a lot. It it in terms of tone, like it fit in with this perfectly. It almost looks like you were looking at a comic book from another time. Yeah, there's some mm-hmm. there's some line quality that's going on, especially the first time that that we go in and we see Betty in her bedroom. Like you look at that. That looks like from the layouts. To the if you there's like th- four panels and there's a one circular panel that looks like an old uh, like Kirby Simon romance comic yeah like yeah. and the the line quality is it just doesn't quite look modern it's great I, I there's a there's a page in here where uh, the photographer is taking pictures of Betty at the at the beach and they're talking about like you know put put your lip out you 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 want you need to find a man you're just, you're you've got everything but you're just missing this one thing you need a, you need a man and and then she spots this dead body in the surf and just i found a man <laughs> i was like it's such a great it's one the law and order opening joke yeah exactly oh my god it is but it's so good and it's the storytelling is is wonderful and um i don't know wade is is doing some of the best work mark wade had his patter down really well for this and it was like like to just the the back and forth those kind of transitions i found a man you know uh and and he's got that same that that george clooney spirit that we that we we loved in Diamond cook spirit this this was a from a story standpoint i thought the character interactions were great and i think that uh, it's a great group of characters to throw together. And I never sort of realized there's sort of a similar uh, triumvirate sort of, you know, there's the, the the hero, his girl, and then the sort of grouchy old, older guy that helps them. Yeah. And so they've kind of had the, the, mirror, the mirror image of each other. But, you know, spirits, you know, being intriguing to Betty and the Rocketeer being intriguing to, to the girl's name I forget all the time, uh, the Rocketeer's uh, spirit's girlfriend. It's just sort of, there's a lot of interesting things that can happen in this miniseries, however long it's going to run. But Mark Wade is... You know, hitting out of the park right now. So when I, when I realized that the issue was going to end with Betty seeing the spirit and and getting instantly interested, I was it was like that. The thing they did with in in the the Bruce Tim stuff with uh, with Lois and Batman and and Batman, yeah, yeah. Or, or Bruce Wayne, really. Yeah, um, they're the same. Well, no, it was because she she, yeah, she likes Superman and she likes Bruce Wayne. Right. 
She hates Batman. She hates Batman right. or is distrustful of him. But no, I, I think, if, that you, was I think if, you're, if you're a Daredevil fan, check it out. It's the same kind of tone, sort of, yeah, yeah. Sort of fun, swashbuckling tone. Um, here's my problem with Lazarus. Lazarus number two. Problem is it's good. Uh, but but I it's it's sort of like a novel, you know, which is hard to really appreciate in small doses. However, I think that over the long term, it's going to be a lot of fun to read serial. Yes, no, but absolutely. But yes. it, it was like it, it's almost like you know when you're doing a pick of the week, you know, and you're picking up the best book of the week. It's like yeah, it was really good, but it's kind of thing that's going to have impact over time. Sure. And not so much in that moment. Like it was a really solid chapter. We learned a lot more about the world, and we learned actually. The, I, my favorite part was reading the history at the end of the world he built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, timeline. There's still a lot of exposition, though. Yeah, and he's still doing a lot of world building and the character building, and, the, and he we're was, still meeting people. We learned the whole family and all the the, the jerks. Who were the something. Family. That is one. Uh, that is one carbon copy '80s movie villain guy. <laughs> uh, whoever that son is, I don't. That son, yeah. The he has the hair, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, well, okay. I mean, he, might have, he should roll up the he roll up his sleeves on his blazer. Yeah. And if you're if you're looking for incest in your comics, it's coming. He's, yeah. Oh, it's here. It's here ish. Yeah, it's implied. The, but so the, the whole time of this, implied too much to my taste. More than anything, okay. I was I was really enjoying. Um, I like the world building in this one a yeah. lot, but I I really thought that that nice. Whatever that thing that Michael Lark does with a, a splotchy ink brush that just is all in exactly the right place to make something look it's a great quality real uh, for lack of a better term you know like yeah. he, you know that Im- that impressionistic style of just put everything down and it creates something that looks like reality but also doesn't at all um I was I was super impressed by it. I really like the world building. I love the 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 shots of of Los Angeles when they arrive and you see what what has happened to it. Yeah, the shanty town under the yeah. sign. Yeah. Hood are the only letters left. <laughs> yeah, I like those almost um, and, and silent listen, pages. I want that to happen to the city. Don't get me wrong. No, I don't. Where uh, where forever is being tailed by that guy. And yeah, that was a great sequence with the kids. It's a great sequence. Um, read really well. Um, that's really good. I don't want to th- anyone to think I don't like it. It's just I, I can tell already from one of those books where it's really good every month, but it's going to be hard to be the best thing you read. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I, I think that's right. I, you look at that cover and like look at the, the way that he, like he drew her anatomy and everything. Like I was, it's so good looking. Not you're having impure thoughts, or no, I'm not. I, I'm actually not. He didn't draw her super sexy. She's attractive and everything, but you can see like she she's shaped like a real person, and she has weight to her. And and I was I was just looking at sort of the general shapes of everything. It's such a good drawing. Uh, he's great. He's great. He's he's really he's really been one of my favorites over time, and, and he doesn't do anything to disprove that. Wholesome, but maybe not too wholesome. <laughs> I uh, I found myself really excited for Hawkeye Angle number one, but also not. I didn't really love it. If you this is are gonna do another very idiosyncratic style, that's a tough challenge. Yeah, and I think that this was Javier Polito doing what David Aja does, but he's not David Aja, so it's weird. Yeah, well, I, I, whereas when 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 Francovia did it. It didn't feel like that. Because he, he didn't do it quite as much. Exactly. Yeah, he did it in sort of his own style. I thought there's a couple of things going on in this issue visually. The st- the inner monologue for Kate isn't a weird, like hand drawn chibi style kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
where she's asking questions of herself and then working out what she's going to do. Then there's the whole the, the silhouette motif, which I'm not, there was a lot of that. And I don't know stylistically what they were trying for. It felt like it, it felt more like a shortcut. Like I'm not going to draw forms on this or I'm, I'm going to just draw the outline. On this page, I'm not going to draw. I don't know if I, I don't know if I go that far, but I, it's certainly a style they chose to go with, and I don't think it worked for the story so much. I don't know. I don't know. I really like. I just, I, that, yeah, I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know why they were doing right. it. So I have to go down to mechanically. Why are they doing it? And then, but there's there's also there's some other things going on. Like he's doing um he's doing this Hernandez brothers thing with uh with uh, what's it Whitney Frost uh, Madame Mask yeah um. And it, it was like clearly like he's going for a I think a Jaime Hernandez thing, um, and it just it looks like you know a, a new Love and Rockets cover or something, and and uh, so that was kind of interesting. I uh, I like I like Kate and her voice a lot, um, and Which I like. Why I was excited I, for it because I've loved her in the series. I agree, and I like her. I came out of this liking her, but I think that, I think that they needed to notch it down in this one about twenty percent. Yeah, that's how I, it came out. I find yeah, I find myself feeling that a lot with with some Hawkeye issues. Like there's some that are just spot on, but then like the you know the dog one, and then with this one, just ratchet it back a little bit, um, and and you'll be right there. But I but uh, you know overall I, I you know I enjoy the stuff with you know with her father, and then the um, the 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 the, uh, the stepmom who's three years older than she is. <laughs> And she's just offering her pills and and uh, it's Missy from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I like I those relationships. That her name is Missy. That movie had much more of an impact on me than I think I'm giving it credit for. <laughs> Have you seen it recently? It's still awesome. I know it's still awesome. I watched it. I watched it a couple of years ago, and I was like, "This is really very good." Yeah, the the ending is great. Yeah. It's just it's wonderful. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I just I feel like you're right, Paul. There's a line that that fraction rides, and for the most part, he's stayed upright. But every once in a while, on this series, he's been very good about it. But I, yes. I feel like this was a little. This I is just the did. clever line we were talking about earlier. Yeah, like was, I gave it three stars. You know, it's not bad. It wasn't. I didn't enjoy it, but I didn't just not enjoy it. But it was. Not I'm, I was I'm comparing it to itself, basically. So well, you, you when you set the bar so high. Yeah. Exactly. You you yeah. know it's hard to keep maintained the whole time. I understand that, but uh, so, you know what are you gonna do? Uh, hey guys, hey! Uh, <laughs> 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 give me a tissue. Um, if you go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, we'd really appreciate it for all of your Amazon purchases. That's where you can go uh, use our affiliate link. Go to amazon.com and make your purchases. We get a little piece of that pie. It comes out of Amazon's very deep pockets. Doesn't hurt you one bit. And it helps us out, uh, helps keep the, keep the lights on, the show running, the servers paid for, all that stuff. So you're saying that by taking a little from them, we're actually sticking it to the man a little bit, too. We're, we're sticking it to the man. Stick it to the man. Buy from Amazon. So very little. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, stick it to the man. Support mom and pop shops by buying it from Amazon. <laughs> um, God, that's awful. I feel depressed now. But anyway, if you can help us out, we'd really appreciate it. Make it your bookmark link. Not not slash Amazon, but go there. Find the link to Amazon. Make that your bookmark link. They never have to think about it again. You might even forget about it. That you're doing it and you might do it for the rest of your life. What were we talking about? I don't even know anymore. Okay. You can go buy Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure there. You know, it's a good movie. Be excellent to each other. Always. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that, that shirt that Keanu Reeves wore, the cutoff shirt. Yeah. Oh, no, that was not Keanu Reeves. That was the other guy. Alex Winter. Alex Winter. He had the cutoff shirt. He had some, he, you know, he was in shape. He had some abs. Oh, that's Preston Esquire. <laughs> 
Ted, Theodore, Logan. Together we are. <laughs> you know, Bogus Journey wasn't so bad either. I don't think I've seen Bogus Journey in a long time. Yeah, I was no at the time. Like I remember hearing people go, "No, Bogus." Like people actually consider that a good flick. Bogus Journey. Yeah, because it's really like it. It sort of it spans. Is that just a retread dimension? No, they go to hell. It's a whole thing. It's like Wolverine. No, and they they have to they have they make friends with death and they have to for their station. Oh, it's great stuff. Station. But does it include Napoleon at the water park and no. or? It's a whole other thing. It's not if you're. It's actually not a retread at all. If you were looking for the same movie, you're not going to get that. What I'm saying is those were classic moments sure. in the first film. Sure. You're talking about I uh, don't ever Joan of Arc doing the yoga. I mean the yoga class, the the jazz exercise jazz. class, yeah, jazz aerobics. hands or aerobics, jazz exercise. And uh, I still Mozart. don't go into a. Uh, I've never gone into a sporting goods store without thinking of Genghis Khan there. Exactly. Ever. It, 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 it's, it's funny to rewatch it as an adult and realize how much is it, it's affected your sort of pop culture sure. memory and sensibility. When I lived in L.A., I couldn't drive past San Dimas without <laughs> San Dimas shouting it. I think it's also regained some popularity because people realize that they have a TARDIS. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Shit, they really, yeah. really do. That's a, that's a lawsuit, isn't it? Yikes. Wow. All right, let's talk about G.I. Joe Cobra. We've been talking yeah. about G.I. Joe Cobra in a while. G.I. Joe Cobra Files, excuse me, they changed yeah, the name four times on us. Give it one number and let it go. For the love of God, stop re- rebooting it because people keep they they're losing people like that, not gaining them. Uh, I, I I haven't talked about this in a little while. This was a a really good issue. Basically, they focused on the one. There's been the one uh, character, the girl uh, chameleon, who they rescued from Cobra long ago. I think she was the one in the very first story with with Chuckles, and she's gone through this whole. Redemption's not the word, but she's trying to get trusted by the team and, and do the right thing. And you, you as a reader don't really know where she stands. Um, but this was like a combination of a really tactical thing happening that was kind of a failure, but not really a success, but kind of a success. And everything was really great, just like uh, in that original sort of miniseries that we all uh, sort of gravitated to. And But at the same time, there's also like a psychological uh, understanding of, of what's going on in Chameleon's head and, and the idea that like she's her powers not powers but her her strengths all are mental and and persuasive she doesn't have a gun she keeps repeating that over again i'm not a field agent i don't i don't carry a gun and how she accomplishes the sort of goals that she's personally trying to and everything is sort of backwards and sideways and you don't know who to trust and you know even though you're using these characters that we know very well um and it's still antonio fuso and mike costa same team this is a great issue uh, I wanted to talk about this one shot out of Dark Horse called Gamma. Um, about your grandmother? It's, it's uh, no. Um, that's that's Graham or Nan. That's what okay. I called my grandmother's. Um, story by Ulysses Farinas and Eric Fritas and uh, cover interior art by another person named uh, Ulysses Farinas or, or, <laughs> or, or more possibly it's the same person. Um, this, is, this was weird. Um, this is sort of in that, that Brandon, that Brandon Graham territory, like King city. And it's also, you know, it's a little like adventure time and stuff. And it's basically like this guy, this guy who is a burnt out, um, not, not by name, not by trademark, uh, uh, Pokemon master. Hmm. Um, they call them something different. You would capture monsters in little capture cubes and use them to fight. And then he uh, uh, sort of screwed up in his 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 war to save the world from monsters using his other monsters, and he wore a Power Rangers costume at the time, 
Um, and he, so he was sort of um, shunned by humanity and, and had taken up a job um, at a bar where uh, you, you pay money to punch him. Um, so basically he, so that's, that's how, that's how, 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 to what extent he's been scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, and it was just weird. Um, and it looked, it looked kind of strange and it's a one shot and I kind of wish it wasn't cause I, it, it's just like, I don't know, full of imagination. Um, and really subversive and, uh, I kind of, I, I'm a little wary of sort of the adventure time era that we're in where they're making a lot of things like that and i don't know exactly how to describe them but they're like i don't know they're nostalgic and colorful um and hyperbolic i guess is the right word um because there's a lot of them that are bad this i think is an example of a kind of a fun and amusing one i've been avoiding that whole genre yeah it's it's not for everybody i i Um, I think that's one of those things where there's almost it's going to sound dumb, but like there's almost an age cutoff, like the Napoleon Dynamite age cutoff. Yeah. Like people above a certain age just like, I don't get it. I can't stand it. I don't like Napoleon Dynamite. I just no, want I know, to put like that a, out there. You're like an old man. Yes, I am. <laughs> Paul, are you still reading Red Team? I I need to get caught up, and I'm, I, I, I keep forgetting up. about it. You caught up. Okay. All right. So what do you think? I like it. I don't like it as much as I want to. I think uh, the dialogue, through, which it's mostly dialogue, is fantastic. Like, and this can just write a person just sitting there talking, and you'll know all about that person. He does tough guys better than anything. Um, I don't know if the art is bad as much as I think the coloring might be. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Uh, but I think I do enjoy the structure of it. I enjoy that we're sort of, you know, we're being told the story from the past, I mean, from the future, where where things have gone horribly wrong for this team of cops who've gone around killing people uh, who get away with, you know, their crimes. You and just read this, and I just read this anyway, and I just think, you people are idiots. Like, I, <laughs> I know where you're coming from, and everything you're saying makes sense, but just come on. And uh, But I like, I like the fact that you never really know what's, how it went wrong for them, and you keep inching towards it. You just want to know, you know, how they blew it, how, it, how it's all going to come crashing down around them. And uh, I think it's a great structure for it. And I like also the, the moral situations he puts them in, where it's, it's kind of sticky. You know, oh, I'm not a kind of it. It is very stinky, but <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> you, do, it's, you do not need a modifier. Yeah, it's but it's you know, it's it's not just the same kind of thing every week where they kill a drug dealer or something. You know, there's always a situation around it. Like this time, they kill a Bernie Madoff type swindler, only to find out that they blew a whole federal investigation, which he was going to blow the cover off of Wall Street. And so they 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 may have done something good in the short term, but they they basically you know did something bad in the long term beyond the whole idea of murder being bad. But you know they. It's all it's all very interesting, I think, more than anything. Yeah, it's, it's really, not great, but it's good. I really I like the idea, looking at this sort of seedy underbelly of, of crime world. That, it's yeah. sort of like it's like Dexter, but a team, team of cops, yeah. Dextering things. Yeah, um, I, I, I like it. I don't love it, but I do like it. I think part of it is that it's the dynamite production. You know, the art and the uh-huh. thing is tough, but uh, I do like it. Speaking of dynamite <laughs> production, but in the other way. <laughs> Um, Cap number nine, we finally filled Captain America number nine. Uh, we finally finished the Arnim Zola. No, we didn't. One more chapter. To be concluded. Yeah, to, to be, be concluded. concluded. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, either way, though, we, we I think we this is the penultimate chapter. Where we sort of they ended Arnim Zola. That story sort of concluded. And now there's going to be a, an epilogue of sorts. But um, this was like. It's all of the things that we've been saying about it all along, but like ramped up even more. I, there was a page 
There's a page, it's double page, double page spread where Cap slams into Zola's face with the shield. Yeah. And his feet, and that so it was like, there's an iPad wallpaper. Whenever <laughs> there was one, and, and it just you know, it's just so good looking all the way through. Um, Look at Steve on that last page. He is well. messed up. Yeah, no, I love that. He's and turning it, into a Popeye character. The thing like is it's that I read uh, um, Uncanny Avengers. Avengers first, and I wish I hadn't. Yeah. Because he alludes to it, and I wish that I had. I, and so that that was actually the thing that convinced me. Oh, it's over. They're talking about it in the other books. That was sort of shocking that they yeah. mentioned it because usually, you know, look if you look at Uncanny Avengers, there's no time for Captain America to have his adventures in any other book. You know, they're always in that situation. It happens. That's what every comic's like. You know, yeah, Batman never leaves the Justice League satellites. So how would he have his four other book adventures? It's just the way comics work. So it was kind of like. But Remender's doing both of them, and he had a, he had a, he had a way to explain. It was just it was just funny, and I mean, it just shows you how. Because I, I guarantee you that what he did was in his mind he thought. I'm gonna to have to answer this question at every convention for the rest yeah. of my life. So <laughs> but also, we 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 posited this would be the solution is that yeah. you know he's gonna be in his dimension for ten years, but really you know in the real world it's only gonna be thirty right minutes. Now. Thirty and, minutes. And then is the question of like is Sharon Carter, like is she telling the truth? Is it th- like <laughs> who knows? But it's it's again it's 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 sticky morality and like I don't know what the right answer is and and the sort of highs and lows and you start with him in the really happy phase where he's painting. <laughs> like, uh, and then you, you cut to him, and he's just beaten to shit. <laughs> I, I I'm not tired of this. I can just I can just keep reading it, and I think that uh, we're talking a lot about the stories, but this is this is as fun as Ramita gets. Yeah. Uh, so mind management number thirteen. Um, I'm I, I caught up with like the first arc in that that great hardcover that they put out, and I made that book of the month a while back. Um, and so I'm not entirely caught up, but I said I'm going to jump in on issues because these are really fun, and they have a really cool way of catching you up in the beginning um, on what's been going on. And this is this is a, a just a crazy series. And if you when Lost was good, <laughs> you know, and that had really compelling mysteries and stuff. Um, if you miss that, um, there's a lot of that going on here, and it's 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 all about um, like uh, mind powers and different forms of like the power of suggestion. And this one, it's sort of like I don't know, it's like the Stepford kind of community, and there's a stolen actual Maltese Falcon uh, movie prop um, that a guy, like that the guy describes it as he he got this instead of you know in, instead of a fancy car. For his uh, midlife crisis, he bought this this really expensive movie prop. Um, the, you know, the the there's one of two Maltese Falcons or something uh, floating around, and um, it's a it, there's a you know so it's a little bit of a a murder mystery, and there's some of that um, ESP stuff going around and people being willed to do things that they might not otherwise. Um, and then the backup is this crazy story about how they this this organization uh in i believe in russia develops these cold temperature agents who they put them in like back to tanks basically and they decrease the temperature over time for a while and they've gotten to the point where they are they sort of have uh, the mental ability of a cyanide capsule so they're agents that can go out into the field and then if they're captured they can will themselves to die (laughs) Like without, you know, if they don't, they don't have like a weapon to kill themselves. They don't have a cyanide capsule. They just say, no, nope, I'm going to die now. And then they can just die. Um, lots of big, crazy ideas. Some really good science fiction. Lots of great ongoing mystery in this book. And uh, wanted to give it its due. So 
So there you go. Those are the books we're going to talk about this week. You go to fanboy.com slash comics. You can make your pull list. You can rate and review your books, and you can also decide your own pick of the week. And let's run down the top five picks of the week as chosen by the audience, and these are the numbers at the time of recording. Number five, Justice League Dark, number 22, with 4.5% of the votes. Number four, Lazarus, number two, with 8.6% of the votes. Number three, Hawkeye Annual, number one, with 14% of the votes. Number two, Young Avengers, number eight, with 15.2% of the votes. And the number one community pick was Batman Superman, number two, with 39.4% of the votes. Look at you, trendsetter. Yeah. I'm a populist. Good week. Really good week. Bunch yeah, of solid books. Yeah, it was solid. Was solid. Yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and read a couple of user reviews that you have submitted on the website. First one up is from Bane of Kings, who deserves a different sort of book. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Uh, talking about The Superior Spider-Man, number 14, give the story a 4 out of 5, give the art a 4 out of 5. Pick the week percentage was 3 tenths of a percentage point. This is certainly a thrill ride, and whilst it may not always make the quote-unquote great list of comics that I'm looking forward to each week. It's certainly a strong one, with the art actually proving to be quite interesting this time found, this time round. Ramos' style has really grown on me over the course of these issues, and I'm looking forward to seeing where you can take it from here. It's certainly a fun comic, that's for sure, and the covers are always eye-catching. I give them credit for it. They're in year two now, this. Yeah. Or are they not year one? I don't know. Double shipping. Fucking double shipping. Can't tell what's <laughs> happening anymore. No, no, no I, think, I don't think it's two years. No, it's been a year. but it's month, been Month and a half. But but 14 <laughs> issues is still a lot, and I'm I'm impressed that they're still going with it. Uh, in, even in the face are of you, all the con- convention hatred, no. Oh. But in the face of all the convention hatred and everything, I like the idea of it. <laughs> yeah, I like the, I like the no, ballsiness of it. There can be things out there that you don't, you know. Sure. I agree. I agree with that. Just just keep keep going. They said they were gonna. We're gonna keep this going. This is okay. the status quo, and they're making that the case. I'm just not terribly interested. It, it turns out. I read it. Uh, I like, Pink said of All Star Western number 22, story 5 out of 5, art 5 out of 5. Pick a week percentage, 9 tenth of, tenths of a percent. Issue 22 uh, knocked any notions of a watered down Jonah Hex into the mud, the blood, and the beer. It's really Jonah Hex. He's really in the 21st century, and he's really not happy about any of it. Hex trying to adjust to life both in the modern day and to Arkham Asylum is gold. The voice and reactions are perfect. And the interactions with this issue's special guest star are also perfect. Gray and Palmiati have such a grasp on the character. Uh, I feel for whoever follows them if they ever decide to walk away. Uh, I don't think there is a Jonah Hex if those guys walk away. Yeah, I don't believe there will be either. But. Two things. No, there's definitely, there's definitely not. I've been hearing a lot about this issue. Yeah, it's really like, good. People were talking about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, I think. Uh, well, you have to read the last one before when he when he arrives in the, in the okay, present. That's fine. You don't have to. But. That's fine. He also quoted Johnny Cash in his review. Yeah, I don't know if you pick that up, but that's great. Um, this was a good. This was a really good issue. I didn't love the last issue so much, but this one really was a lot of fun. Uh, with Hex stuck in the future, Booster Gold showed up in the past before, brought him back to the future, and now he's sort of stuck and he's in Arkham Asylum because everybody thinks he's crazy. And now, of course, Batman's going to get involved. But uh, uh, it really was good. I like that this isn't the first time that Jonah Hex has been brought forward to the future. No, he's been in, in the future future before, like, in the with, future, like, future. With, like laser guns and things like right. that. Right. That was in the 80s, I believe, uh, or it was in the 90s. I don't remember which one. But, uh, yeah, no, I, it was much better than the last issue. I really did enjoy it quite a bit. Is Moritat still on this? Yes. yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and check that out. So go to fanway.com slash comics, rate and review your books, make your own pull list, and you can also write user reviews and if they're good ah. and if they uh, are done earlier enough in the week and if they are about uh, books we're not going to talk about. Otherwise, you can get them on the show. Also, if you're a new person, we also look for new people sometimes. So if you're all those things, it's hard. 
a lot, a lot, lot of caveats. So let's talk about the book of the month. It is still July, <laughs> officially. Right. So I think we're good. Book of the month uh, this month uh, is is Strange Attractors uh, by Charles uh, Soule and Greg Scott. Now, uh, Charles Soule is a name that you're probably a lot of people are probably kind of learning for the first time, and I've known him since before 27 came out. I did a, like a write-up about it. So uh, I, I know the guy, and I've watched him sort of um, really blow up over the past couple of months and become extremely busy because he's got now regular series at DC and Marvel. And at the same time, this came out, and he's going to have a new series coming out from Oni as well. Um, and so he's really been pounding at it for a really long time and going at sort of being a comic uh, writer in, in, in sort of the, the best way. I think, um, and and because all that other stuff is going on, you know, where, where he's on sort of big books, he's doing Swamp Thing, he's doing the Red Lanterns, and he's doing uh, Thunderbolts. It might be easy to sort of brush this other sort of project that he's got from Archaic under the rug, but I think this is actually the best work of his that I've ever read. Uh, Strange Attractors is, in essence, the love letter to New York City, uh, in in terms, but but written uh, in the form of a. A mathemat- mathematical thriller, uh, if that makes any sense so at like all. Is like Pi? You know what? I saw Pi once, and I'm never going to think about it again. So, <laughs> no. Not like that. There's no okay. ass to ass. Although, I'm literally looking at a page with Pi on it. So, yeah. um, it the idea being that if you have a city, a huge, not organism, but something like an organism, with all of these people and all of these pieces that need to move in and out and 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 really it only takes a couple of things to go wrong for the whole thing to come sort of crashing down it is cities the cities are like i was watching through the wormhole with morgan freeman Mm -hmm. and they did an episode about about that about how uh some well there's some theories that cities are like people are like organisms and you take one element out and the whole thing collapses because it's like a body and you know that kind of thing so it is well the idea here is that there is a guy and he is a disgraced mathematician and and he sort of came up with this theory about how this all works, and and he is the one keeping things running. Uh, he goes over and he makes corrections, and they might be small things. Like he'll go and he'll buy an ice cream cone for a kid in the park, and that sets off like a butterfly reaction of effects. Or or he'll you know create some sort of uh, disturbance somewhere, and that and it, it's all supposed to be mathematical, and it's a thing that you watch and. The story is about a, a younger mathematician who finds his, his work, and everyone's like, don't go work with him. That guy's a disgrace and everything. But the idea is that the city is on shaky ground, and, and it's it's in worse shape than it's ever been, and, and he's, it's harder and harder to keep it all together. It's going to take a massive correction to fix it. Um, and, and, and it's presented in a way that is pro- maybe pr- possibly not scientifically sound, but it's very plausible in this. He's, he's gone to great lengths to, to write a story that really feels like uh you know th- there could be something to this you know if you wanted to believe it just quite hard enough um it sounds interesting i really think you'd like it because the thing is all of that is really just that's the scaffolding that's that's what it's all i'd be fine if that was just the story and 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 but no but what it is though is at the heart of it is and and i got this i don't think this is really so much of a spoiler but by the end of it what really comes through it's like it's an incredibly positive story and it's a story about loving uh, a place a place like New York City which is obviously more than just a place and you know specifically this one's about New York City but you can apply it to any other city that you're sort of in and you know I have a very uh, well not Phoenix no of course not uh, I have, a, I, have a, I have a complicated relationship with New York City 
You know, I, I really do like the place a whole lot. I like being there. There's so many interesting things about it. There's so, there's so many reasons that it is the focus of so much story and song and art and every, like, like there's so much that you just can't ignore about the place. I just didn't like living there. Um, I still like to be there. I like that I know it. I like that I understand it. I like that I can recognize things that are authentically of that place. And this is one of those things, I think. And it really comes through at the end that that it focuses on the things that are really good about a place like New York City, about all of these people who have to live together and, and, and enjoy doing so, but also that it is admittedly incredibly complicated and difficult. And, and it's, you know, if you're the mayor... You're gonna be rubbing the temples of your, your you know, of your head a lot because it's just. What do you think about New York? Is that if your dog doesn't want to walk, uh, pe- people will tell you. He doesn't want to walk. I know. I'm the one. I've got the leash. I'm pulling it. That first week. Joke between Josh and I. Yeah, that first week, everybody kept pulling over. That's a nice dog. What do you pay for him? <laughs> I'm probably not gonna tell you that, sir. Um, the other side of it is uh, artist Greg Scott, um, and it's a very, I guess, realistic style. Uh, it almost looks like it's photo referenced, but I I checked and I believe that whatever is photo referenced is is actually drawn by hand. So mm-hmm. it's got a nice analog quality while also sort of being um, very grounded, I guess, in reality. Because basically, the whole story takes place in the real world. There's no supernatural stuff to it the idea is actually the antithetical of supernatural everything is mathematical everything that happens um but you've got all these characters a lot of characters who are just people they have no superhero uniforms whatever and all of them have their own look they change their clothes throughout it but you know who you're looking at uh he's done a really really good job of of sort of delineating what we're looking at and telling a really good story this guy i've never heard of and uh, i thought he did a really great job on this and what would be a difficult book for for a lot of people um to draw uh, you know, overall, I was I, I finished it and I was I was super impressed and I, and I, I really enjoyed it and I think that uh, it's out from Archaea and you guys should definitely. Is it hardcover? Mm-hmm. And it's about how long? Oh, 130 pages. Nice. All right. 40 pages. Graphic novel. It's uh you can sold. Read, read this on the subway. Sold. Yeah. So there you go. Um. So I'm I know it was a little late, but uh, I was definitely uh pleased with this. Sometimes when you write a book of the month, it's really easy to write. And that yes. was one that was just like it. It was. It was. There was no problem finding things to say about it. So you go to fanboy.com and you can read Josh's full review for however long it's going to be there for Strange Attractors as book of the month. And we're running late, but we could probably squeeze one quick vo- email in from the audience. Let's do Paul C's email. Who says, "I've been trying to find comics featuring my favorite C-list heroes: Wally West, The Question, Vic Sage, and The Atom." I just don't know where to start with these heroes. I have emailed my local comic shop to see if they have any number ones for these series. But much to my dismay, they do not. The question is, are there any trade paperbacks or essential story arcs that you could recommend for me? I tend to go towards more science fiction stories than anything else. And I don't know if I'd call Wally West a C-list character. No, at one point he was an A-list character. Yes, he's the Flash. He's the big seven in the DC. Now he's a blacklist character. Right, he doesn't (laughs) exist. but, But don't make me laugh, I can't breathe. Um... So Wally West, uh, let's start with him. He's actually, it was A-list for a long time. Um, his seminal story arcs are by Mark Wade and Jeff Johns. And the Wade stuff isn't being collected for various political reasons, but the, they just collected all of the Jeff Johns run in about four giant omnibi, which are good on their own. Like there's not a, like he, it's hard to pick out a, an arc from the Jeff Johns stuff. It's kind of a complete work. Yeah, it's sort of a novel he wrote. 
Um, but I recommend highly those Omnibuy. I realize those are expensive books. They're hardcovers. They're giant hardcovers. Those are good, especially if you like the rogues. Like if I mean, like that's weird to say. Like if if you like if you like uh, yeah, Flash's villains. Yeah, really but... on Wally and make building him up as a character, and, and then Johns took that Wally. And though sounds a weird thing to say, just that Wally, and and if, if you of, were in Australia right now, you'd be saying something filthy. <laughs> like Jones took that Wally, right? <laughs> he built the world around he him. Built the world right around him. So, um, although it's still a great Wally story, so uh, I recommend those. Again, I'm sorry, those are they're expensive, but that's what they put put out. Uh, so there you go. Um, there were a couple of storylines in the middle. This is around when I started reading comics of Wade's run. I guess near the end, like. Miller did a run in there. Morrison and Miller did a run yeah. together. Yeah, those yeah. Are, there was some really good books. I have no idea if those are available. The, um, no, the, 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 they're not. No. They're not right now. Did see, you say which Miller? There, there's some fighting going Mark on. Miller. Mark Miller. Mark Wade, you see. Yeah. No, uh, the question, Vic Sage. There's that classic uh, miniseries. Who was it, Paul? Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill and Denny O'Neill, Dennis yeah. Cowan. Dennis Cowan. So those are all collected. You can check those out. Those, those are, that's that, the, yeah, you could also read Watchmen. Yeah, or read Watchmen. Uh, now it gets trickier with the Adam, e- even Ray Palmer or Ryan Choi, both both Adams. Never really had a seminal story. I think the most seminal Adam story is probably Identity Crisis. Yeah, because usually he's just a supporting character in, in a Justice yeah. League story, and he did, Dark Knight Strikes Again. He he hasn't really shut up. He hasn't really <laughs> yeah. had uh, you know a solo book. The, the solo Adam book with Tug Ryan Choi. I read some of it. wasn't really that notable. It was okay, but it wasn't really that like you got to read kind of thing. Um, so he's really always been sort of supporting character. He shows up and does great things. He was great in in Morrison's Justice League or his JLA book, where he you know especially in the Rock of Ages story. But you know he's sort of the spice you add to the mix to make it more fun. But he's never really the main main course. Uh, so I mean, if you if you're really I mean into it, I mean there's the showcase stuff. I mean there's there's a there's a showcase on the atom. Right. Um, you could even go back. The question was fantastic in '52. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that was again, down, that's, well, Vic Sage was dying, and that's it, a know, massive know. amount of comics for you to have to read. But that's the you know that's a really good Vic Sage story that I've read. Yeah. Also, if you're a big fan of the question, Justice League Unlimited. He was good in that. Yeah. So there you Pivotal go. In that. There you go, Paul C. Is it Paul Castellano? He's dead, isn't he? Anyway. Who is, oh, uh, that's the, I know. We don't talk about that friend of ours. Jesus. I don't even know what to say to him. Email us at contact at ifanboy.com if you have any questions, Paul. I hope that was helpful to you. Um, it sorry. was. Sorry. Oh, you're, well, thanks. Um, we're going to skip the other, other emails because we ran along. So let's talk about other things. If you are listening to this show, then the last uh, episode of Make Comics will have been up by now uh, with an announcement in there. So go listen to it. It finally came? It will have come. Oh, I see. I thought maybe I just missed it in, my, you, in the midst of sneezing. You did not. I could have. <laughs> Paul. I love I that. Did. Is that future perfect tense? Yes, I don't know. Uh, James Mangold's The Wolverine came out this week. Um, there will have been... <laughs> A text review. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but that's funny. there will there will have been uh, a text review on the website uh, where I will talk about it. Um, there may or may not be a podcast at some point. Um, nobody's seen it but me, <laughs> so um, maybe it'll just be me talking to myself. Huge failure. It's like that one. You should do it Augie the Bleak style, Paul. Yeah, or do a different thing. Um, oh, so, you just did the typewriter alone, didn't you? 
I did. Well, there you <laughs> go. Weird. You're you're a, you're a veteran of doing a solo podcast. That was that, that was like when you know when you're you're doing your uh, you know your answering machine yeah. and you like you redo it seventeen times. Right. That's right. that's what the old fuzzy typewriter podcast used to be. Now I like barely even edit it. I just put it out. <laughs> um, You've reached the, the full Wolverine. Okay, so but if, if you want the short version, and if we don't end up doing a podcast, it was pretty decent. Um, the third act <laughs> is shit, but um, it was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, you, I was like I was shocked how you, at how entertained I was. How are you, for how are you feeling about the number of ninjas? There could have been like three or four more ninjas. I feel that I was shortchanged on ninjas based on the trailers. I think they added ninjas in post in in some of those trailers. Hello, I'm Arnie. I'm the digital post ninja supervisor. We've been tasked here to put in ninjas. I switched to New Zealand there, apparently. When I talk about post, I've just watched so many Lord of the Rings. Well, uh, when you're talking about you know the great post houses that yeah. do the best ninja work, it's always Weta. Yeah, Weta had put in. There was there was several ninjas put in uh, in the Hobbit Part Two. You just didn't see them; they were in the background. Yeah, and then then Richard Taylor came along and made sandwiches for everyone. You know, I would go. He's well. I'd go see the sandwiches. (laughs) They were. They were. Vegemite. No, that's Australian. They watercress. Watercress. All right, uh, so there may or may not be a Wolverine podcast. I would, I would. I, I don't know why that's funny. I'm sorry. I would be on it with Paul, but I'm going away, and I'm not going to be able to see the movie. So uh, I, I couldn't go because my wife went to see New Kids on the Block, which is not a joke. Nope. Of all the jokes Josh has made, that is not one of them. No kids in the block. Go, uh, also, episode four hundred. Episodes four hundred is coming up. This is three ninety six, so it's about a month away. So send us your episode four hundred questions. We're going to do an all email show. We've been getting a bunch already, so thank you if you sent them in um, uh, up till now. But keep sending them in. We want to have a bunch of good ones to do. Uh, re- remember, put 400 in the subject title. That way we know it's meant for the 400th episode. And ask anything you want. We will, we will not guarantee we'll answer it, but you can ask. It's 400. Don't, 400. Don't email us user reviews. Yeah, someone did that. Because that was a thing that happened. So, but you put that, go, go to the website, which, and we're just saying, like, just so it doesn't get lost. Like, if you want your user review on the you show, to see your, uh, you put it on the website. Hear your views on the comics. That's what the feature's for. We so don't care about your views like that, mate. <laughs> That's why we put them on the website for others. We have our own views. So, there you go. All right. It's the 400s coming up. Nice. Whose turn is it? Oh. Oh, it's you, funny guy. Sorry. <laughs> Not so funny now, are you? <laughs> so, yeah, check out iFanboy.com for the Pick of the Week review, more in-depth comic book balls, and all the important news and discussion topics. Go to iFanboy.com slash about. You're going to see about the staff of iFanboy, their social network links, and you can follow us at Twitter.com slash iFanboy. You know, stay in touch at Facebook.com slash iFanboy, whatever is your preference. See, Josh slept in Queens for a long time, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what he came away with. I could do that any this is this is inborn, you know. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven for any questions, comments, concerns to get on the show. Make them good. Tell us your name and where you're from. If you like this sort of thing, uh, write us a review in iTunes or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mother to podcasts, uh, spread the iFanboy word. Oh, very good. Very a straight read. I felt it was necessary. Sure, sure I guess how it's done. <laughs> what are you, as a reaction to something? What are you trying to say? No, no. No, no, no. Listen, it's going to be all right. No, I'm not saying that, no. no, no. <laughs> I think you were saying a little bit. All right. A little bit. Till next time, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. 
I really miss doing voices. You do voices? 